Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you so much, Lord, for your presence among us today. We thank you for your presence in our lives. Help us, Lord, always to be aware that you are right there when we need you. Father, I pray that as we talk about anxiety today, that you would calm us, that you would remind us of exactly what it is that you call the peace that is beyond our understanding. Open our ears, open our hearts, Lord. Give us ears to hear the message that your spirit would speak to us this day. We look to you now. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, as we are getting back to the routine after our summer, I know we all had a nice relaxing summer, and here we are getting back to work, sending the kids back to school. We are facing many different situations in our lives, and sometimes we feel just some sort of way when those situations present themselves to us, and so in an effort to uh, talk about that, we have been hanging out in this sermon series called Back to the Grind. Back to the grind, and throughout this series, we have taken a look at what it is to feel overwhelmed, what it is to feel insignificant or disconnected. And we have looked at a number of people in the Bible who have been able to help us navigate through those feelings. And so today, we're going to wrap up our Back to the Grind sermon series, and we're going to talk about feeling anxious. And so, little poll here, I wonder... Have any of you ever felt anxious? Uh Me too. Me too. How many of you have laid awake at night unable to stop your mind from ruminating over a situation? And how many of you have had that all too familiar tightness in your chest? That feeling of dread, that feeling of not measuring up, of not being enough to meet what the situation before us demands. It's an awful feeling, isn't it? Oh, it's an awful feeling and yet it happens to us all the time and sometimes it comes on like that and we can't even explain why we're feeling anxious. You know, sometimes we feel anxious when we're sending the kids off to school. We feel anxious about health issues and about bills and about the demands that are placed on us and about relationship issues. There's just so many things. Let me tell you what, there are a million things, a million different things that make us all feel anxious. But friends, take comfort in this. Our hope is one. We have one hope. I read an article recently, and Matt's going to put that up for me. The article said, and I believe it, that 40% of the things that we worry about will never even happen. 30% of the things that we worry about are things that happened in the past that, guess what, we cannot change without or with our worry. 12%, for me, maybe it's a little bit more, but 12%, this article says, of our worries are the result of criticism of others, most of which is not true anyway. 10% of our worries, friends, are about things involving our health, which incidentally is made worse when we worry. Okay, and 8%, 8% of the things that we worry about are real problems. And so here's my question. If only 8% of the things that we worry about are worthy of our feeling anxious, of our anxiety, why? Why is it that we feel anxious as often as we do? I don't have an answer for you. And what are we going to do about it? I do have an answer for that. Friends, we're going to look to the word of God. That's what we're going to do. 
And there's a whole slew of Bible verses, okay, all throughout the word of God that help you and me feel better, that we can lean upon when we're feeling anxious. And I'm going to share some of them with you throughout this talk, but I'm really going to focus on this passage that we heard read this morning from uh, Peter's letter. And you might wonder, why am I focusing on Peter? He's kind of a flounderer. And here's why. I think that in the scriptures, we see more incidences that would have made Peter feel anxious than anyone else I could think of when I was preparing this sermon. And yet, Peter was able to share with you and me and with the church back then some really wise words. And so we're going to take a look at them. Now, what, you might ask, would have made Peter feel anxious? I was just doing a little inventory in my mind. I think about the time that he went out and fished, like literally all night long, did everything he knew how to do and didn't catch a single thing. Hours and hours and hours Peter spent getting it literally all he had. And at the end of that, he was unable to provide the food and the income for his wife that a man should have been able to, be, to provide back in that day. Peter knew he was supposed to bring home the bacon, but all his wife had that day was frying pan that was empty. All right. Let us not forget, friends, that Peter left that wife behind in order to follow Jesus. And I imagine that caused him a little bit of worry and anxiety about her well-being in his absence. I'm imagining that Peter felt tremendous pressure because he was the leader of the disciples. One day... Peter tried to walk on water, only to realize that it was not within Peter's ability to walk on water. And still another day, he swore to the Lord Jesus. He said, even if everyone else falls away, I will never let you down, Lord Jesus. And then he fell asleep on the job while Jesus was praying. And in fear, he cut off a man's ear in the garden. And then he denied Jesus, not once, not twice. But three times, Peter was having a bad day on the day he made that promise. Later, Peter was at odds with the Apostle Paul, and the entire church knew it. I think Peter knows a thing or two about being anxious. And so when Peter was writing these words of today's scripture to the church, Peter was speaking firsthand experience, from firsthand experience. And when I look at his sources of anxiety... It seems to me that they come from two main issues. First was unsettlement in Peter's relationships between Peter and his wife, between Peter and Malchus, the guy who's ear he chopped off, between Peter and Paul, and between Peter and Jesus, unsettled in those relationships. And the second thing I think that caused Peter a lot of stress is that he had put a lot of pressure on himself to be the one who accomplished it all. Peter felt he needed to be the provider for his wife. He needed to be the leader for the disciples. He needed to be the steadfast one for Jesus. He was the one who was going to establish the church. Peter thought it was all up to him to accomplish all of these things. But in reality, it wasn't. And I think that if you and I take a closer look at the things that cause us anxiety, we're going to see some similarities to Peter's situation. For instance, we feel anxious when there is strain or unsettlement in our own relationships, right? When we're arguing with our loved ones, when we have said or done something that has wronged another or they to us, when there's tension between us and the people around us, that is a huge source of anxiety. 
I know one of the biggest things that keeps me awake at night is hashing over the conversations in my head, playing the scenarios over and over and over again, wishing I had said this or I hadn't said that or he hadn't said that. If I do in the middle of the night, it makes me feel so anxious and yet I can't stop it. And here's what Peter says about all of that. He says, all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud and he shows favor to the humble. Clothe yourselves with humility. What does that even mean? Clothe yourselves with humility. The Greek word that Peter used here, I'm trying not to butcher, butcher it, is ekoboamai. Ekoboamai. And it means to tie on. When you look up that word, tie on. So Peter's saying tie on humility. And I wonder where he got that from. You know, I, I can't help but think that when Peter wrote that word to us, tie on humility, maybe he had in his mind a vision of Jesus on that last night that they spent together. Jesus got up from the table and what did he do? But he tied on a servant's towel. And he got down on his knees and he washed the feet of his disciples. And in doing so, he allowed them for that moment to be greater than himself. Not because they deserved it, but because they needed it in order to grow. Jesus let the disciples be more important. Jesus tied on humility as an example for Peter, and I believe for you and me, to follow as well. Let me ask you this, friends. What if I didn't always have to win the argument, but rather I tied on a little bit of humility and let the other person win? What if I just tied on a little bit of humility and said, I'm sorry, even if I don't feel I was the person that was wrong. How much more sleep would I get at night if I didn't have to hash the argument over and over and over and over and over in my head, but rather I just let the other person have their moment, dismissed it, and moved on. Not because they deserve it, but because they need it. Maybe I need more sleep. They need that, and I need sleep. And I know that that's hard to do, to just let them win, to just let it go. Elsa sang to us about it, and somehow it doesn't work, right? It's hard to do. And yet, we can ask the Lord to help us. And so what if I ask the Lord for help with that? I cannot help but wonder if my relationships would be better and my anxiety would be less if I just tied on a little bit of humility once in a while. Peter reminds us that God shows favor to the humble. And I can't help but think that with the favor of God also comes the peace of God. Tying on a little humility could possibly alleviate about half of my occasions of feeling anxious, right? And here's the other half. Just like Peter, how often do you and I just put like way too much pressure on ourselves to excel. Way too much pressure. How, how, time, how many times do we put way too much pressure on ourselves 
to be the one who fixes all the problems or to be the one who has all the answers. I want to get the straight A's. I want to be the problem solver. I need to be the hero. I'm going to be, I got to be the one who makes everything all right for the people that I love. I'm going to save the business. I'm going to fix what's wrong with you. I'm going to take care of everything because that's my job. Very often we allow ourselves to think that the weight of the entire world is on our shoulders. Friends, it's not. It's not. You want to see something I noticed about anxiety? Take a look at that word. What do you see right in the center? Right in the center. I. I. When I think it is all up to me, I get anxious. I get anxiety. When I got to handle it, when I got to fix it, when I got to be the hero, when I got to be the provider. Anxiety, right? I was thinking about what to say to this sermon. I told my daughter, Melissa, that I was feeling anxious about this sermon on feeling anxious. She said, why? What's the problem? You love to preach. And I said, I know, but here's the deal. There are so many people who struggle with so much anxiety. And I got like 20 minutes to give them what they need. And I'm feeling the pressure. I'm feeling the weight of that. And my daughter, in like one of the more brilliant things that she has ever said to me, said, what makes you think it's up to you to fix their anxiety? What makes you think you have what it is that they need? You don't. Just do your part, she said. You say the words and you trust God to do the rest of what they need. So friends, I'm sorry, I'm not going to fix your anxiety today. I don't have what it takes. But I am going to do all I can to point you in the direction of the one who can and the one who does. And Peter, he's going to help me with that a little bit too. So who remembers the story of the day that Peter walked on water? It's one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible. And I use it a lot when I'm preaching. So you're going to hear it yet again from me, okay? But I'm going to remind you, the disciples were out on the water, right? They were on the boat. Jesus had gone off on his own to pray and he was not there. And the disciples were being tossed back and forth by the wind and the waves. And I think it's safe to say that they were feeling a little anxious, Okay, the scriptures said that they feared for their lives. I would call that anxiety. And the next thing they know, out in the distance, a figure comes walking toward them. It's a ghost, they said. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. It's not a ghost. It's me. Right? And Peter said, Lord, if it is you, then call me to come out on the boat with you. And Jesus said, okay, Peter, come on out. And so Peter got out of the boat. And wouldn't you know it? He was walking on water right toward Jesus. But what happened then? Remember, the Bible says that Peter took his eyes off of Jesus. He looked at the wind and he looked at the waves and he got scared and he started to sink. And I think he started to sink because Peter started, he, he realized something. He realized, I'm not in control of this situation that's going on all around me and it's a mess. And I think also Peter realized, I can't walk on water. And so he started to sink beneath all of that. And so what did Peter do? He cried out to Jesus and Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and helped him back into the boat. And the scripture says that after that, Peter and the disciples said, yep, you are the son of God. And they bowed down and worshiped him. I love that story. But here's what I get from that story. Look up, cry out, bow down. Say that with me, friends. Look up, 
Cry out, bow down. That's what we're going to do when we have anxiety. We're going to look up, cry out, and bow down. Friends, right at the moment when Peter realized that he wasn't in any way able to control that situation, that he didn't have what it took to keep him safe in that moment, right when Peter started to go under because of all of that, he looked up and what did he see? He saw the Lord. He saw the Lord and the Lord Jesus was in control of it all. And Jesus could do the things that Peter couldn't do, which in that case was to walk on water. And Jesus was right there close to Peter. That's what Peter saw in the midst of his anxiety when Peter looked up. He saw the and so then Peter cried out, Lord, help me. Peter knew that he couldn't, but that the Lord could. And so he asked for the Lord's help. Peter cried out. And when Peter got back into that boat, he acknowledged that when he had depended on the Lord, when he had trusted the Lord, he walked on water. But when Peter tried to do things in his own strength and his own power, Peter sank. And from that day on, Peter placed his trust in the Lord's ability to do what Peter thought he could but couldn't. Peter bowed down. Years later, he would write these words. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Big, famous, well-known verse from the Bible, right? I hear it all the time. Humble yourself. Under God's mighty hand. Here what's, here's what that looked like for Peter, okay? Lord, I can't walk on water, but you can. Now here's what it looks like for you and me. God, I can't do these things that are needed, but I know that you can. I can't fix their anxiety, but you can. I can't save us financially. God, but you can. I can't keep my family from harm, but you can. I can't, but you can. That's what we understand when we humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. That's what you and I understand when we look up. God can. Friends, God can. So guess what? It's okay that we can't. It's okay that we can't. All you and I have to do is our part, and we got to trust God to do the rest. Peter's part was to step out of the boat and trust the Lord to do what he couldn't. And for you and me, it's the same thing, friends. We got to just do our part and trust the God who can to do God's part. And when you and I feel like anxiety is taking over, when it's swallowing us up, when you and I feel like we are drowning in our circumstance, there's only one thing to do, cry out because the Lord is just waiting for you to call on him for help and then we got to bow down thank the Lord for the help that he gives you each and every day of your life and when you remember that God is the God who can who does who always has and who always will we can have peace in his presence 
and in his provision over our lives. And peace, friends, that's the opposite of anxiety. Look up, cry out, bow down. I want to talk to you about this statement that we read from Peter. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. This sounds simple, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound so easy to do? Cast your anxieties. You anxious? Cast your anxieties. Just cast them on the Lord because guess what? He cares for you. But you know what happens every time I cast my anxieties on the Lord? It seems that I always wind up reeling them back in. And I feel like Peter is a fisherman. He got this concept. You know, we cast our anxieties and then we reel them right back in. They come right back. And do you want to know why? Remember was right at the center of anxiety? I am at the center of my anxiety. I have to do it. Remember me? I have the weight of the world on my shoulders. I got to be the one to fix it. And when that's the case, I am not trusting in the God who can, who will, and who does. I'm trusting in me who can and who usually doesn't. And so the anxiety keeps on coming back when what I really need is peace, okay? Now, I do believe that the translators of the scriptures did you and me a little bit of a disservice when they translated this particular statement by Peter because what they did is they split it into two sentences. Humble yourselves and then cast your anxieties, right? Two sentences. But when Peter spoke these words, when Peter wrote these words in the original Greek, it was one sentence, one sentence, and it sounded like this. Look over my shoulders, folks. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time, comma, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So casting our anxiety is not the instruction that Peter is giving us. It's the result. Casting anxiety is not the instruction, it's the result. That's why it doesn't work when we just hear people say, well, cast your anxieties on God because he cares for you. The casting of our anxieties is predicated on the instruction that comes before us in verse 6. And the instruction that comes in verse 6 is this. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. I cannot cast my anxiety unless I have first humbled myself. And here's why. It's when we humble ourselves that we realize that it isn't up to us, but it's up to God. It's when we right-size ourselves in light of what we can and cannot do, and we remember what God can do, then and only then do we experience the benefits of our humility, which is the casting off of our anxiety. So if you have ever felt anxious about something only to have another person say, oh, just don't be anxious, it doesn't work. You can't just don't be anxious. You can't do it. And you can't just cast your anxieties on him and not finding them coming right back to you unless you have humbled yourself first. God, I can't, but you can. I can't, but you can. And when we do that, the worry isn't on you. It's on God. And God can handle it. Because while you and I can't, God can. By his mighty hand. 
Let me tell you something about this hand of God that Peter tells you and me that we should humble ourselves under. Peter would tell you that it is that hand of God that literally saved the lives of his people. Deuteronomy 26, 8 says this, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with what? A mighty hand and an outstretched arm with great deeds of terror and signs and wonders. The hand of God did what Israel couldn't do. And Isaiah 41.10 says this, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I am close by. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with what? My righteous, mighty right hand. The hand of God is our protection, friends, when you and I are in danger. The hand of God is our provision when you and I are in need. We read in Genesis 24 that all there is God made by his own hand. Everything you need, you have because of the hand of God. It is your protection. It is your provision. The hand of God is everything you need. And when we know we've got the help and the protection and the provision that we need, our anxiety is cast off. When I am at the center of my circumstances, I have anxiety. But when I allow I am to be at the center, I have his peace. Paul said it like this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Friends, it sounds to me like Paul has just found another way to say, look up, cry out, bow down. Look up and be reminded that the mighty hand of the God who can, who did, and who will continue to do his part to meet your needs and keep you and your loved ones safe. Then cry out, help me, Lord. I can't, but you can. And then bow down, God. You are the one who cares for me. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. And I praise you. Look up. Cry out. Bow down. So when you're feeling anxious and your mind is scrambling and you're playing things over and over and over and over and over and over in your head, stop. Look up. Cry out. And his peace is going to be yours. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I thank you that when I am feeling anxious, all I need to do is look up, cry out, and bow down. And I can know that you will do your part. Your mighty hand will provide for my family. Your mighty hand will protect those whom I love God, I ask you to help me do my part. Help me take the steps and help me put my faith and confidence in you to do what it is for you to do. I ask for your peace. In Jesus' name, amen.